Life is hectic, so wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with Factor's chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, they've got a variety that fits your lifestyle. Factor has restaurant-quality meals ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. They also have various easy options for the entire day, from breakfast to midday bites, smoothies, and more. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is a nutritious and delicious experience, and it won't break the bank. You can customize your meals by choosing 6 to 18 per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule deliveries anytime to fit your schedule. Factor meals are 100% hassle-free, giving you more time for what matters. Head to factormeals.com slash otherside50 and use the code otherside50 to get 50% off. That's code otherside50 at factormeals.com for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals. My name is Anne Bayford. I'm now in my 50s, and I've had three near-death experiences. The first one was 2002, so over 20 years ago now. That was my very first experience I had. And then my second one was in 2018, and that's where I had my angelic experience with my angels when they first popped in. My next one was 2018, the other one was 2013, 2018, when I was on an operating theatre table and my heart stopped. And the previous one with the angels was when my lungs totally collapsed and I was taken to hospital. But the real awakening one, the, the one that really changed my life, was the first one that I had. Before that, as a child, I was always seeing spirit. And as a child growing up, I was told, oh, you mustn't mention this to people because they're gonna think you're crazy and wanna lock you up. So I tended to shut down when I got into my teens and didn't tell anybody that I could see spirit. And it felt as if as I matured and got older, as a teenager, I was sort of struggling with life, had really down moments. And I remember there must be more to life. And I just kept on feeling there must be more to life. As I became an adult and I was entering into my 30s, I had my children, my daughter, who was seven at the time of the first accident and the near-death experience, um, my son, who was five. And I remember I was in a really unproductive, dysfunctional relationship with my partner, really unhappy, loved my job, but was unhappy. And again, I had that moment in time thinking, there must be more to life, there must be more to life, apart from just paying bills, getting caught up in the rat race. I was really unhappy. And I remember the day so clearly that I had taken them to school and they were five and seven. And I remember I was in such a rush to catch the train as we all do, trying to get into work, not being late. And I remember that I almost didn't kiss them goodbye. And I remember I tend to give them a big hug and a kiss on the forehead. And that day I was in such a rush. I nearly pulled away and didn't give him a kiss. But I remember there was something in me that was just sort of telling me that I must kiss them. And somehow I, there was part of me that felt if this was the last time you saw them, but I didn't know I was gonna have the accident at all. And at that time, I just sort of shut myself down to being intuitive. I was an empath, always sort of soaking in everybody's emotions and feelings and kept them feeling sort of overloaded and the work that I did, I was a counsellor um, and I was always been really interested in helping people. That's what felt that that was my mission in life really. 
but there was always something else like there was something else I needed to know or something more that I need to do in my life so the day of the accident I kissed the children goodbye and I was running to work and I got into my work office place um, I was seeing clients there as a counsellor and also worked on a project there in London and I remember that I had to write some letters and I remember I had to post a letter for one of the clients that she could get extra help from social services at the time. And I remember looking at my watch and I was looking at the time, it was two o'clock and I was starting to wind down because I was thinking I had to rush to go get the children. And I was sort of trying to get everything sorted out in my office and telling people I have to go soon, I was gonna miss my train, I need to post this letter, I need to get back for the children to pick them up from school. And it must've been about quarter past two or 20 past two or something like that. And I left the office, I had the letter for my client in my hand. And I remember coming out of the office, I was saying goodbye to everybody, it was in a community center and there was lots of elderly clients there and they were all saying goodbye, see you tomorrow. I didn't think anything of it, I was like, yeah, see you tomorrow, I've got to go, I've got to catch my train. Always in a rush to be somewhere else. And I left the office and there was a crossing there, a pedestrian crossing, busy main road in London in Islington and uh, the road that I got knocked down on I later found out it was quite a well-known road for people getting knocked down on as well and I remember there was something inside of me do I go rush to go get the train or do I cross the road which takes me out of my way to go post the letter I wanted to get a newspaper and it's just all going on in my head the whole time I didn't think of anything else but thinking about I've got to get the kids I've got to get the children I've got to pick them up I don't want to be late just like a busy mum working, trying to juggle everything all the time. And I remember the button being pressed on the pedestrian crossing so that it would stop the traffic. And I remember that that button was pressed. And I know there was four or five people around me, they were crossing at the same time. And they'd crossed the first part of the pedestrian crossing, we all crossed together. And again, in my head, I was thinking, oh, I've got to help and get the kids. Shall I go post the letter? Shall I go into the post box? Or shall I go to the shop? And it would have meant that I changed different angles. Now, logically thinking, it would have been better to go straight across the road at that particular time. But something had happened, something changed my mind. I decided to turn at an angle just to change direction slightly. And that's sort of saved my life sort of thing. So I got to the middle centre of the road of the island and I remember I was thinking about the children, thinking about the letter, as you do, you're juggling everything in your mind. Something came into my mind, I heard my nan's voice. Then my nan had passed over when I was 15 and she took care of me through my parents' divorce and there was a lot of good stuff going on when I was younger. I sort of counted her like my mother. So she passed when I was 15 and I was in my 30s now and I could hear a voice and I was like this is really bizarre I was thinking it really quickly my mind was just happening very very quick and uh, the way the communication was happening and I know now as a psychic medium when I'm working I have the same type of communication so it was the beginning of what I do now and I was on the middle part of the island and I remember that I heard her voice saying everything was going to be okay but I couldn't understand why she was reassuring me because nothing was happening you know it was a on March morning or March afternoon and it was a bit chilly and nothing was happening I was quite safe I didn't understand what was going on why she was communicating with me or it was it her and I just didn't understand what was going on because I knew it was her voice but I was like but she's dead she's passed over I was so confused 
And while this was happening, I was looking at which direction, what should I do? And I was thinking, okay, I was told by her, her voice was saying to me, go and get the newspaper, which wouldn't make sense because it would have been better for me to post the letter and because the direction I was heading in, but that changed my direction and my body weight and where it ended up. So I remember stepping off the crossing. Now I was unaware that at that moment about the other people around me, I'd seen all the cars stopping because I'd looked both ways as I was crossing the road originally. Every car had stopped. It was a green man to say it was safe to cross the road. I remember putting my foot down and then that was it. I felt very warm. It was very light bright light, but I could see with my eyes, it wasn't hurting, but I felt very warm and I felt protected and safe. Now, what was physically happening when I put my foot down, apparently that, and I started walking, a car on the inside of the lane had drove through the red stop sign and had drove straight through me at 40 miles per hour. And where I changed physical direction, instead of walking straight across to post the letter, if I had walked straight across, I later found out the police said that my body would have gone through the windscreen, my head would have been severed, there was no return. So by me getting the nudge, the intuitive nudge, or hearing my nan changing direction and my whole body weight going on my right foot, what happened was that changing direction, the car hit me on my left hand side of my body and spun me around. Now physically, when the impact of the car, well, it was a van, when the van had hit me, it was traveling four miles per hour it whacked into my body and i sort of flew up into the air and bounced and hit the ground quite hard and hit the ground on my right hand side on the right hand side it had cracked my pelvis severed my stomach muscle because where i'd fallen awkwardly and the bone had sort of acted like a knife inside my trunk on my body my ribs had been broken on my left hand side and they'd fractured on my right hand side as the impact hit my left hand side of my body, my foot was on the ground and it twisted my ankle and ripped my ankle from the joint. I had seven breaks in my foot and later had to have intensity in a lot of operations on my foot to repair it. And it took me about four years after the actual accident to start walking again. I was in a wheelchair for two years and a further two years of walking with a walking stick. But I survived it. That's why I'm here now. But at the time, the impact of the van hitting me, so much trauma in my body. My kidneys were bleeding internally, they found out. My spleen was damaged. My gallbladder, a lot of my organs internally were damaged because of the impact. And it was just too much for my heart. My heart had stopped, sort of beating. I didn't know all this because I, I didn't feel a single thing. And I didn't feel I was there. I didn't even know this was happening. I, I had no clue this was going on at all because for me, I felt as if I was in a warm place and there was a bright light. And the feeling I felt, it was quite bizarre because I'd never had that sort of experience before. As a child, I'd astral travel and I was aware of that. I would do all that and I didn't know that was the name of it then. And only now as a psychic medium and a professional and I teach this, I understand what was going on for me then. But there was part of me that I was somewhere else. I felt warm and this overall feeling of feeling safe in an environment that was being protected. That's how it felt. And I heard my nan and I felt she was with me. But on another level, there was 
part of me, I felt that there was an essence of me, like my soul was elsewhere. I was one minute having this out of body experience and looking down on this human that was on the road, that was the body had been twisted and I could see it down there. I didn't even know that was me. And I only later on did I realize it was me when my partner um, actually came walking down the road. He was told that I'd been involved in an accident and he was walking quite fast. And again, I recognized him and from my outer body looking down at the situation, I could see a group of people that who crossed the road at the same time as me, but I still didn't know it was me. And I saw a lot of the shopkeepers running out the shops and the post office and people were screaming. I could hear the screaming. I could feel and sense the emotion of everyone. I was looking at their faces and I recognized there was an uncle there. I was like, why is he so upset? Why is he sad? Why is he here? And as I say, then my partner was walking down the road with his mum and coming towards me. And it was only literally when he placed his hand on my head and started thinking about me that I could actually feel it in my body. And then I realized it was me, I was there. I didn't have a clue in the beginning that it was me because I had no pain, nothing at all. And as I felt his hand on my head and the feelings and thoughts he was thinking about our children, then I realized that must be me, but I still didn't feel the connection with my body. Now, before that happened, that situation, I remember I was looking at everybody congregating around me in a circle. And then I, I was sitting, I found myself sitting in this lorry driver's cab at the crossing and he got stuck in traffic and I could hear the radio and he's moaning to his boss on the phone, sort of saying, I'm stuck in traffic, some woman's got herself knocked down and there's gonna be an air ambulance. It was on the radio, they were saying about, there was gonna be a helicopter that was gonna pick up, there's been an, an accident, a traffic accident. And so I could hear all that. Again, I didn't know it was for me. Now, when all this was going on, I remember feeling I was in a warm, safe environment. It was very light, but also I felt as if that I was, it wasn't a room as in four walls. It just, what I was shown was like, I mean, I was told it was the Hall of Souls, the Hall of Souls, which I didn't understand, but now I'm led to believe it's something where the cash records are kept, uh, all the soul blueprints are kept of all the souls on earth and beyond. And I know that now because I access that. I can go backwards and forwards. I do that when I have clients and I do that to gain information. But I remember being there, it was like a semi, it felt like a semicircle of like almost bookshelves, like a library. And I remember it, it felt very different as in, I was being shown information. I remember there was a being of some sort there. Description wise, it was, it's hard to describe but a cloak, that it wore a cloak. I remember something that stuck out in my mind that they have no feet. It was like as if they were gliding. And I remember I felt as if I knew them. I, I felt I'd returned home. It was a crazy feeling, feeling I was at home. And I took out, or well, they took out some, like I take out now when I'm working there. When I was there, they took out some scrolls, long scrolls and tubes and I remember them rolling them out. It was like a, no, it wasn't paper, but it was like, it almost as if you would imagine it was like waxy paper or something, but it wasn't. It had a, a funny texture to it, because I remember placing my hand and touching it. And 
I was shown lines, like an architect's drawing, but it wasn't, it was like my life. I was being shown my life. I was being shown my life path. I was being shown that I'd been here before, which I didn't even realize anything about that. And I, you know, now trained as a life past practitioner. I know that now and I work with that and I understand how past lives work, but I didn't know that then. I felt from being there that all this information was being told to me and that when I finally did return that I came back with all this knowledge. And so I was being shown like architecture and the lines of my life and why I was here, what I had to do still, my mission, my purpose. And I remember seeing like this book as well, they'd open like a book and as they opened the book, it was like, it was almost like things came to life. There was images that came to life of it and they were showing me connections and, and other information. It was almost like I was being, I'm, I'm sitting here and it's like my guides are already communicating with me here now, that I was given more information that there was a reason and a purpose for everyone being here. It's really important that people connect to their intuition, you know, their soul side of them, that they can have whatever they need in life, that there are restrictions on planet Earth and almost as if that they're disconnected when they come back as a soul into the human vessel while they're on planet Earth. And it feels as if that the information that was given me is that I didn't realize so much at this particular time was a real an awakening, but it's like as if I was being told that I was here to help others, not just as a counsellor, but also to help them to connect and to develop their skills and stuff. But the feeling there was like a real semicircle of bookshelves and books and scrolls and jars. And it felt like a, a place where your soul goes, where you decide on if you have completed your job or you're going to return or if you've played out the whole of your life what is it that you were still missing and it felt as if that the feeling I was there it felt that my name was there there were other beings and at the time I didn't understand who they were and later found out it was you know I connect now with Archangel Metrodon and Michael and a lot of the other angels and connecting with them I do a lot of channeling with them and pass on information and I only found that out later through my second near-death experience but at the time, I didn't understand exactly. I just knew that this place was a safe place where I was just there to have like a download of information to tell me everything was going to be okay and that it wasn't time for me to move over. And I remember this part of me that was still connected to Anne, who was on the road who'd been knocked down. There was part of me that I never felt scared, but it was part of me that felt what's going to happen to my son and daughter are saying what's gonna to happen to Nathan and Rebecca but before I could finish the sentence they jumped straight in and they said everything's going to be okay and that's very much like when I do channeling now and work with my guides my team and connect to the divine universe that the information I receive is very quick and I never get the opportunity to finish my sentence they come straight in and give me the information because the time is very different there it felt as if I was on the other side for a very long time uh, but I was told it was I think it was about six minutes my heart stopped physically in my human self that was on the road during this accident but I just remember I felt like it was a long time I felt I had returned home I felt there was a, a big connection there and I remember 
which took me a long time to get over, I remember feeling that I didn't want to return back to earth. I loved my children, but it felt on a soul level that I didn't want to return back to earth because I was so unhappy and because where I was felt like home. And I remember just being there in that, in that location where I was, this overwhelming warmth and homely feeling and love for me, so much love. And I felt so connected to everything around me that I didn't feel separated. Whereas on earth, I felt very separated from everything. And my mind was always confused by the relationship I was in and my situation. But there I felt so complete with one, I heard, with one. And that was, it felt for me, that was a real awakening to tell me that my job is not done, I must return, I must go back. And I remember that feeling of looking around at everybody, of them worried for me. But I remember I just, I just felt totally, totally safe. But when I did come back, what happened physically was that when the ambulance had arrived, uh, well, there was a paramedic that arrived first and the paramedic, the gentleman had got off his bike, he parked it down a certain um, part of the road, got off. And I remember I could see where he'd parked the bike. I could hear a shopkeeper was going to run over and put a towel underneath my head, thinking that would help me. And I remember people screaming, saying, don't touch her, don't touch her, leave her alone. I remember also there was a bystander that had bent down and he was constantly talking to me in my ear. But I remember I could see him, I could hear him, but I wasn't in my physical self. I just moved off somewhere else. And then when the ambulance did arrive, they cut all my clothes, like they cut my coat off and they were cutting parts of my clothing off because they had to get to my chest. But I remember they were constantly speaking to me, constantly, you know, I didn't respond because I wasn't there, but they were talking to me and trying to reassure my physical self that's on the road. And I remember when they paddled me with electric paddles, I jumped back, but I remember what it was. It felt like I was at a fiend park, like a water park, and it was a water ride and it was a slide and I was whizzing back. And I remember I didn't want to go where I'd left. I didn't want to leave there, I wanted to stay there. I felt at home there. I felt my loved ones were there. I felt all my information was there. And I remember as I was whizzing back, I came back into my body and I was in so much pain, so much pain. I could feel my physical form. I remember feeling the pain in my leg and my foot. And I remember they put a mask on my face. It was gas and air and something else. And I just was in so much pain. And I remember when I returned back into my physical body, I kept remembering there was something I had to remember. I had to remember something, but I couldn't remember it because I was in so much pain from the physical self. I remember them putting me into the ambulance and on the journey, I had a lot of out of body experiences. I left my body. I saw the top of the ambulance as it was driving through London and seeing the numbers on the top. And then when I got into crash, into the hospital, how there was three sets of teams working on my physical body. Again, I was left my body. I, I was out of my body and looking down at my body. And I remember seeing that the crash team had cut my clothes off and they were x-raying me and they was, they was doing all bits and pieces. But I also sense and feel that everyone in that room was wondering whether I was gonna live or die because I was hemorrhaging internally because my you know severity of my breakages in my body but where I was, I felt as if I was out of my body looking down, but I felt as if I had my 
my grandma, she was there by my side and she was taking care of me even there in the hospital. She was making sure I was okay. So it was a real understanding that we're never alone when we pass over. And I know as a psychic medium now, that you're never alone when you pass over. There's always a loved one on the other side. And I can confirm that because of what I'd experienced. Then later on, when they done all the bits they had to medically, I was put in intensive care and that I'd stayed there for a few days. And I remember my hand, I felt as if my nan was holding my hand. And the nurse had said to me when I came round that your hand was doing this. And I said, where's my nan? And when I woke up, I was like, where's my nan? And she said, there's nobody here but me. And she said, as a nurse, she had witnessed this, that over the years, many patients who come in who have nearly died or, or have died but come back, they've had experienced similar things. That was, for me, it felt that it was a real wake-up call. It was like, it's going to be okay. Life was crappy. I was unhappy. But I was here for a bigger purpose. I wasn't just here to do this job. I was here to help others. and to see them through and to help them on their journey. That was the first real wake-up call. And as I say, it took me four years to learn to rewalk. I had post-traumatic stress, I was diagnosed with that. I couldn't leave my house. It was a difficult moment, a difficult time. But while that was happening, the post-traumatic stress, I was also feeling as if I had like guardian angels that were by my side, but I really didn't believe in angels at that time. I felt as if I had somebody by my side that was helping me all the way through recovery and then as I say I continued life and I just kept on feeling that I felt guilty because I loved my children I love them dearly and they're 28 and 26 now but at the time I just didn't want to be there I wanted to be somewhere else I just felt that I had a longing to to reconnect back to where I was and I kept on feeling guilty for feeling that way and I also kept on feeling there was information I had to remember, but I'd forgotten it. I'd come back and it was like I had amnesia. Um, and that was annoying. I was trying to remember it. And so through that journey, I then started uh, investigating more, looking at um, psychic stuff and mediumship. And I went to the College of Psychic Studies as a student. And I was there for like 10, 15 years, backwards and forwards, trying to learn, trying to understand what happened to me you know, trying to make sense of everything. I'd previously been going to church and I changed. I, I just, it didn't mean the same for me anymore. It was just an amazing experience. It just was a real wake up. There is something else on the other side. And then when I had my second out of body experience, it was when a near death experience, it was in 2013 when, as I said, I didn't really believe in angels. And I remember I was sitting and I just couldn't breathe at all. And I'd been diagnosed with asthma and also a lung condition where I've got lots of intense scarring on my lungs. And they said that I really would need to live the rest of my life with an oxygen tank that I would never leave my house ever again um, because my lungs were so badly damaged. And they'd said this about with me walking, I'd never walk again. And I do, I don't, I, you know, I walk without a stick, you know, I roller skate, I enjoy life. Um, and with the, angelic one it was I could feel that my chest was getting tighter and tighter and none of the medication was working and I remember I was so scared so so scared there wasn't this feeling of being scared of death because I'd faced death before 
and I knew what was on the other side. It was more about the physical scared of feeling I couldn't breathe. My chest was getting tighter and it was uncomfortable. And I remember I reached out and I was just like, I just need some help. God, I just need some help. And it wasn't that I was directing it to God because I didn't know if I believed in God or whatever. But I was just like, I first word, God, I need some help. And I was so desperate for some help. And I remember hearing this noise, this loud sound, as if it sounded as if like, the, the roof had caved in of my house. And I felt this gigantic thump by the side of me. And I remember trying to turn around to see all of it, but part of me felt that almost as if I didn't have permission to turn around to have a look. And all I know from the side of my eye, it was like a huge statue, a stone statue. And it just felt, well, I was being told, Archangel Michael had arrived. And all I heard was you called. And I was shocked. I was like, who are you? And I am Michael and I'm here to assist you. And I was like, oh my God. Um, and I remember that he had his hand on his forehead and he'd bent down to serve me, to assist me. I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I said. And all I remember, it was as if that, I don't remember him physically touching me, but it felt as if, almost as if his hand was laid upon my shoulder and the back of my chest. Um, and I, I couldn't speak. I just, just, it was all internal, telepathically speaking. I just remember feeling that again, I was being protected, I was safe, that they were, he was by my side. And I found it really hard to believe and to understand that I was worthy of even having someone angelic come to sit by the side of me to take care of me and to help me to breathe. And I remember my daughter said she'd heard a thump or a noise and she came running up the stairs. And as she came up the stairs, she didn't see what I saw and she said something made her come up the stairs and then she called the ambulance and my lung had collapsed and I had to go into hospital again. So after that experience, it sort of woke me up to the fact that there are such things as angels and also feeling the angelic presence of an angel. And I have that now when I work with angels, it's the same presence. It was almost as if each near-death experience, each time I'd experienced something, I was given a lot of information how they communicate with us and the information I have now of what they installed in me and when I'd had my third experience um 2018 I was in a hospital and I was going down for a regular normal procedure it was not high risk I remember going down into this operating theater I remember laying on the bed and they were counting down and I you know, one minute I'm there, next minute I'm not. And I remember um, I felt as if I was a child at school. I was being told off. I remember it, there was a white room, well, a white space. It, it, again, there was no walls, there was a white space. And I remember that this individual, the way he addressed, it had like um, as if he looked, you remind me of a dentist or a surgeon or something where they'd had a crossover of his top. There was buttons down one side and he had this white fitting top and he had little glasses on and he had a funny uh, fringe. And I remember looking at him thinking he was quite peculiar. 
and just feeling again I hadn't quite crossed over but I knew that I was somewhere that in between I was in between and I remember him turning around and him saying to somebody else I'm telling her now she needs to go back and he turned around and said to me you need to go back it's not your time yet go back I remember I felt disappointed with myself as if I'd done something wrong and I later found out that he was like one of my guides that I work with now and again I felt that through that process I was being introduced to my guides and also being downloaded with some further information it was almost like a threshold place where you're held while they're deciding what to do with you and I remember being there again in this white light and feeling safe and supported and part of me didn't want to return again because I felt connected with one like the universe and divine and it felt very different in that space where I was when I came round all I remember hearing was the alarms and the bells ringing on the machines and nurses and doctors panicking and the anaesthetist leaning over me and saying she's back she's back and they're saying to me are you okay and I'm like yeah and then I came back and as I came back there was the room was blue and it was all women and I remember saying to the nurse where's that gentleman she said what gentleman and I said where's that gentleman that told me to come back and she said no there's all women here and there's no white room and when I laid there I was pondering and I was like oh I needed to come back why did I need to come back for and that was the time that it was instilled in me that my job my role was to become a psychic medium was to help others to connect with their journey their soul purpose to have a greater understanding of who they are and I never wanted to be a psychic medium that wasn't the pathway for me but I remembered that I was given more skill sets I could hear spirit and see spirit and taste spirit and know spirit and and work with angels and I work with people now who commit suicide I work on murders and it doesn't phase me it just feels like I'm just like a telephone engaging with them on the other side and they're feeding me back the information that I need but I felt when I look back it's like all along they needed to give me information and I wasn't listening because I got caught up in the everyday world that we live in paying bills doing a job I did love and being in a relationship I hated and feeling stuck and they made me perfectly aware that we don't have to be in that situation we can change our life and they taught me that like with the manifestation and living life it's so you know we just have to think of it and if we can tune ourselves in we can have anything we want but instead we've got this program that runs internally within us as a human that we have to live the nine to five life we have to pay bills we have to own our property we have to live life the way we're living it but when I was on the other side they were sort of saying this is incorrect the information is incorrect return back to planet earth you need to help those to make changes to their lives you need to share the information that you've learned and through that I mean I now channel like council and I channel other beings and I do trance work because to me it's the most easiest thing it's I just feel so connected because they've given me right of passage in the sense of I'm aware of the other side I've been there and when I sit with a client that has had a loved one that's passed over for me it's I said this to a client today it's like a revolving door in a posh hotel you know the brass and everything the turnstile sort of door turns around my guides the guide I met when 
I was told I had to go back when my heart stopped beating on the operating theatre. He's there, I see him all the time. He, he sort of has like a flip chart and keeps stock of who's coming through. He manages everything and he calls those that need to come through and it's like a waiting room. And, you know, when I walk into this room during the day, in the morning when I'm ready to start work, it's like he knows, he gets that room ready on the other side, like a waiting area. and all those loved ones that are coming through from my clients they're sitting in their favorite chairs there and they're waiting to come through and and I have this sense of where I can pop out of my body and I can just put my head around the corner and say we're ready to go you ready and they come through and and I work with women who've lost their babies because I'd lost so many babies myself and I had miscarriages so it feels like every step of my journey they've always been there for me but I haven't heard them it's like I shut them off. Even as a child, I was hearing and seeing spirit. And then I later found out that it was kept a big secret that on my mum's side, there are psychic mediums. And on my dad's side, there's psychic mediums, which are rare to have on both. And then having my near-death experience. So it's in a way, it's tuned me up full volume now. So it's easy to communicate. And then now I, I can remote view. Now I can, by remote viewing, I can access different parts of the world, working with different governments or organisations and checking in on where people are and resources around the world because I have that out of body experience. I've had a, a number of them now. So, and recently this February, I had a brain bleed and a stroke and I'm fine. And the doctors find it amazing how that you've had a mini stroke, you shouldn't be walking or talking. And I had a couple of weeks, 14 weeks where I couldn't talk, but each time it's really the physical self. and when i tuned into my guide and i asked what was going on they said they had to re-jangle re-reconfigure some circuitry in my brain and just to strengthen me in a sense of the work that i'm going to do even more stuff and it was just to slow me down to take me out while i could just process that and my body could heal but the connection has changed my whole life as i say i never wanted to be a psychic medium professionally and now i do this for a living and do soul work with individuals and help them to search their journey to find out who they are and what their journey is and using the past life work and my therapy work with them and and untangle people's lifestyles and life stories and traumas and dramas but they're always here I access them constantly when I'm working and it's so easy because of my near-death experiences and my out-of-body experiences I pop over constantly check in on those on the other side for loved ones and I can see what they're doing and it's really easy so my whole life has totally changed because of my experiences so yeah it's made a big change to my life we all fall in